Hello and welcome to the Rethinking Sustainability podcast with Ben, Jazz and Dan. Navigating the complexities of sustainability one pod at a time. I'm Ben McCabe, founder of McCabe & Partners, a purpose-driven executive search and talent advisory. And I'm Josh Grinsing, founder of Recycle App, a recycling software platform that tackles the problem of waste going into the landfill. Clothing production's 20% of the water waste. And you can actually, I've heard stories of people meeting kids who grew up on these riverbanks who don't know, like, clear water is like, this is no water, what is this? It should be orange or this or that. I really hope we can be in every community in, in Dubai and beyond one day so people have something more interesting. Because human nature, we want to do the right thing. But if it's inconvenient, a lot of people just aren't going to, even if they know. So if we can make it the best choice, I think that will help masses change and actually make a really impactful difference. I couldn't quantify it, but I mean, you can imagine the dyes that are in it, the different chemicals, and I mean, how much dye do you need to use to stick it to the clothing versus how much is runoff? Mm. If you think about that, also a lot of, especially cheaper fabrics are made out of plastic, and there's a huge microfiber plastic problem in our oceans. A lot of that comes from clothing right now. Mm -hmm. 70% of breast milk is said to contain plastic. Jazz, good morning. Well, good uh, afternoon, Ben. Yes, just two minutes to go, actually. Yeah, yeah, how are you? Very well, yes, very good. I'm very excited for another fantastic guest what, coming on to our podcast today. What episode today. are we on now? This is number five, I think. Oh my God, yes. Ben, five episodes of listening to you, jeez. <laughs> but yes. Think of the poor listeners. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, um, that's a nightmare. But yeah, welcome to Rethinking Sustainability. Yes. Podcast number five. Featuring Jennifer Saltz. Founder of Thrift for Good. Hello. Welcome. How are you? I'm great. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on to the well, on to talk with Ben and Jess. <laughs> well, I guess I we was looking forward to it. I guess. <laughs> yeah, pleasure is all ours. Honestly, um, we I guess full disclosure. We have a lot of mutual friends and contacts in the industry, so we've mm -hmm. obviously come to know of you through various sustainability networks and also the amazing work that you do with uh, Gulf for Good, but. I think very importantly, we want to understand who is Jen, what brought you on this amazing mission to mm. create Thrift for Good here in the region at a time when probably no one really knew or cared too much around recycling or upcycling, reuse. Tell us about you, please. Yeah, of course. Well, it's really nice to meet you both. So I guess to start Thrift for Good, it's charity thrift shops here in the UAE. So we rehome pre-loved items to reduce waste and raise money for children's charity projects. For me, my passion is in raising money for children's charity projects. That's why I started a million years ago, too many years ago to admit, really. <laughs> um, and I used to work with Golf for Good, raising money. And I think there isn't too much around recycling here, but there's a huge demand. People really want this to happen. And I kind of fell into Thrift for Good, to be honest with you, because of the need. Sustainability is in my heart. I grew up in Canada where there's a thrift shop every second street corner. So it just kind of happened organically. When I was with Golf for Good, people were requesting, can we donate our clothes to you? Can we volunteer our time? Golf for Good didn't have the capacity doing what it does. But me and some friends, we started raising money on the weekends at flea markets and it just grew. The next thing I knew, every single wall in my house was covered with clothes and it, it just was very apparent that people needed this. Yeah. So I was lucky to take that jump. Amazing. And thinking back, because I know myself how difficult it can be to actually physically donate in this part of the world is very heavily regulated on a financial level. Donations and everything in kind needs to go through proper channels. But is it the same within goods? You know, if I wanted to donate clothes, is it is it equally difficult if you're receiving funds off the back of that? It, it, there must be a bit of 
Red tape, dare I say it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There's, yes. There's a little bit. Yes. Um, so we legally purchase clothing yep. based on store credit. But everyone in there and their mom knows it's a donation. It goes to help kids. It's, you know, so it's, it's really about the wording. We yeah. are very lucky that we have ICAT approval to donate 100% of our profits. Amazing. And they know what, what we're doing. They approve of our system. They helped us come up with the solution. So we're very lucky to be able to do what we're doing. Yeah. Um, but if you contribute a bag of clothing to Thrift for Good, you get 10 Durham store credit. It's to say thank you. We'd like to give it anyway, but mostly to legally cover our backs. Yeah, for sure. And where, where does, where's your locations? Where can we find or where could uh, listeners go and, and visit one of your stores? Yeah, so we've got two locations, the Golden Mile Galleria on the Palm Jumeirah and Times Square Center in Alcos. Amazing. Lovely. What just just for someone who doesn't know, I mean, I'm pretty sure everyone knows what a thrift store is, but just in case, because you know, yeah. it's a it's a conversation. What is a thrift store? Like, so what's the process? How does it work? Yeah, I assume a lot of clothes come to you. Yeah, a fair amount. Yeah, <laughs> we're currently the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah, but I mean, bring it. We're a zero waste with how we process those clothes, so I'm I'm really excited. So, how, so is there a classification yeah. system at the back end? in terms of how the how the clothes work absolutely this is from someone who doesn't know anything about thrift store right yeah so. uh yeah well so to answer both of your questions i'd say thrift stores are the future of clothing they're a much more sustainable accessible empowering way to shop for clothing so essentially if you had a bag of clothes you don't want anymore you drop it off with us we put the perfect quality clothing in store there's a bit of a stigma in the UAE, so we try to make it so people don't feel like they're compromising yeah. by thrifting, by keeping it perfect. But we have a big process, volunteers, sponsors who help us repair, stain treat, make clothing perfect again if we can. If we can't, it's, it turns into local distribution. So either flea market for very low prices, or we pass it on to people in need. And last but not least, we recycle the stuff that just simply isn't usable anymore into carpet and furniture in Pakistan. So we actually want everything because we don't want people to throw anything away amazing yeah and and it's the only place in the uae where you can actually recycle your fabrics so we're very excited and happy to be able to do that to offer that brilliant so yeah. anything textile based fantastic purely textile or do you anything home furnishings toys uh. i'm sure you probably get a lot of people <laughs> so, yeah cushions cushions yeah. And quilts and all of this so anything soft cushions quilts pillows we take them we donate them to dog shelters so yes um, but we just don't have the capacity for yeah. toys and housewares. And when we were accepting everything, we'd receive like broken chair legs. And it's just a lot more work to recycle everything. And yeah. We just don't didn't have it. And we're better that. breaking things right now with our storage situation than actually selling them. So yeah. not yet, but stay tuned. Yeah. I, think, I think I think what that is, it's wishful recycling. Um, it, it's essentially, you know, when you're done with something mm. and you put it in the recycling bin or you give it to a thrift store, or you give it to a recycling company, whatever it is, with the thought process, you know, because you feel guilty that you bought this. So you mm -hmm. put this in a bin thinking it's going to be recycled. What mm -hmm. it does is it just causes more problems for, more for, yeah, more work. Because like you said, if you get a chair that's half broken and it's got springs coming out, all of this, it's really hard to recycle this. And so essentially what it does is it just gives us more work and then it goes out anyway. Because like, you can't yeah. do anything with it. It still ends up in some sort of landfill. or so. I think that is what yeah. uh, visual recycling would be for clothes as well. Yeah, absolutely. Just throw everything 
once you're done. Mm. And, and for us, like we do, we do clothing well. So we do welcome anything people want to recycle as well, as opposed to putting in the landfill. But I do imagine that re it must be a challenge because you must receive absolutely everything under oh, the yeah, sun. Oh yeah, let's let's not talk about <laughs> let's not talk about what we receive because then I'll be here the whole day talking <laughs> about complaining. Yeah, 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 I'll be complaining about everything that people throw in. But yeah. on the clothes thing, I, th I think that's an interesting because I know. Um, clothes behind the plastic industry, obviously, and the e-waste. I'm not really sure where it lands, mm -hmm. but clothes is one of the highest contributors to what to the landfill problem. Because I know a lot yeah. of the clothes that we generate, um, obviously fast fashion that's coming up. Uh, again, not going to name names. I mean, I can. Everyone knows who they are. Mm. You know, generate tons, millions, millions and tons of clothes on a yearly basis, yeah. right? So, and this is where. Well, yeah, exactly. I, said, I think 9% of global house gas emissions come or stem from the apparel industry alone. So wow. Yeah, yeah. It's the third biggest industry for carbon emissions. Yeah. That's right. Frightening. So with Third? This, third biggest industry? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And water pollution, massive problem as well from Absolutely. all the dyes. Yeah. The fast fashion brands that choose the cheapest dyes possible. People don't know, but it contains mercury and all of these very harmful substances for let's, us. Let's, let's actually talk about it? that. Like, let's actually yeah. talk about that because I didn't know that. So yeah. I think I, I didn't know... There were chemicals in... Yeah, there's water, yeah. the water use and production in the production plate process and the dyes and, and there's, there's horror stories and videos you can find with, uh, with dye, as you mentioned, ending up in river and, and sort of naturally sending out to oceans. So yeah, it's a huge, huge problem yeah, in, a, in an industry that was historically and still remains to be in certain parts of the world very unregulated, unfortunately. Absolutely. Like clothing production is 20% of the water waste. And you can actually... I've heard stories of people meeting kids who grew up on these riverbanks who don't know like clear water is like this is no water what is this it should be orange or this or that and like, no yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Isn't I'm, that crazy? I'm just, it's mind-blowing I, I didn't think it was that bad I, I know mm. i know there's a massive i know there's more clothes now uh i think twice twice the amount of clothes now than there are people on yeah. this planet which 150 is, billion pieces are being produced every year still estimated. being produced or is it Still being every single year and three-fifths of those clothes make it to the landfill within the first year of their life. Right. So it's crazy. Yeah. Our interaction with clothing right now, it makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. I yeah. have so many questions. Well, it's frightening. This is when you see businesses like Shein, for example, that mm. has like a $400 billion. I wasn't going to name names. I wasn't going to name names. Yeah, well. Ben's yeah, guess, like, yeah, you know what, let's do it. Just, just a quick Google search there. would. Uh, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Okay, <laughs> well, well, let's, let's, they're one Sorry, example. Shein. They're one example. Cats out of the bag, let's it's, go. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, that's I'm the one we need to talk about yeah. people need to know people need it. to know yeah, yeah. this yeah. is it then you know they're producing millions of pieces each month and you know responsibility wise you know they're getting young women to you know um you know act as influencers to sort of you know produce and and share and get people buying more when really they say gen z's care more but really you know when we look at the numbers of businesses like sheen which is a gen z first business you know they're producing garments like dresses for less than five six seven dollars yeah. you know how can anyone be treated fairly in a, in a value chain at that price it just doesn't make sense and that, you know it's hard because you know fashion should be accessible people need to clothe themselves it's one it's not necessarily like a basic need like food and water and, and shelter but it almost is uh so if people can't afford um you know the latest products then i understand why people go down the fast fashion route but really i think it's more of an obsession with trends mm -hmm. and actually you know if we can get around the stigma and actually shine a spotlight on businesses like Thrift for Good who are, you know, clearly you're upcycling, you're, you know, you sound like you have a very good quality control in place where yeah. you're ensuring and as you say, removing the stigma around secondary goods market, uh, then we can shine, you know, the perfect light on, you know, good, responsible products 
sourced and reused um, because there are solutions out there. It's just a lack of an education, I believe. Absolutely. And I know for us, it's not in our mission statement, but it is our mission to actively outcompete fast fashion. We want to offer something so much better price-wise, quality-wise, selection-wise, that people come to us first. Yeah, That's what we're really trying. And hopefully… So you not accept fast fashion? We do. It exists. It's well, there. That's, that's it's what better than throwing yeah. it away. Yeah. It's exactly. better to give it the life that it deserves. And I mean, yeah, some people are looking for clothing that's practically free. Fast fashion, we can sell it at prices that are practically free. So. I mean, but it's a thrift store. Yeah. It can't be really expensive. I'm assuming this is, if it's a correct assumption here, yeah. it's not that expensive anyway, right? No. Like you're not looking, you you're not looking at a five hundred or a thousand dirham or a or a two thousand dirham dress, which is or clothes, which is ridiculous anyway. Imagine paying so much for something <laughs> that you're going to wear and sweat in anywhere in this country. But, <laughs> so, but I'm assuming it's not that expensive, right? So people yeah. still want. We'll come up to you and be like, no, we want it for cheaper. Is that is that a thing? Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, so we price it a seventh of the value new. We literally Google everything, divide by seven. That's our price. Okay. And it, it is, it conveniently ends up being the best price in Dubai, unless you go to Ukayokai and Satwa and you're willing to yeah. dig, yeah. you know? But yeah, I mean, people love their discounts and thrifting is new in Dubai. And I think a lot of people culturally like, okay, it's a secondhand store. We, yeah. we negotiate, doesn't matter about the kids and... But I'm not sure Where if you've mentioned this already, Jen. And sorry, to, I don't know if you've actually oh. made it clear that you're a not, not-for-profit as well. So I yeah. was going to talk about that. Yeah. Gonna, yeah, yeah. It all depends. That's the funny thing about Dubai. You'll meet everyone from every background, from every belief, from every understanding of what thrifting is, Yeah, which is exciting. Um, it does present its challenges. Some people will donate money on top of their bill once they see the, the poster of the kids behind the cash counter. Mm. Others, they want the best price possible. And... Power to them because anything you spend in store, it helps kids. Yeah. So, yeah. And are you working with any particular charities this year? Because I know obviously the work that you do is obviously linked to Goal for Good, which yeah. not many listeners, hopefully a lot of listeners in the region will be aware of obviously the work that they do. But um, <clears throat> obviously your relationship is obviously very much interlinked uh, through the work you do with Thrift for Good ends up obviously supporting their causes, I believe. Is there any specific uh charities or um yeah, yeah that you're working with this 100%. year 100 percent. so it's really exciting um where we donate 100 percent of our profits to help children's charity projects it's about 50 percent of our revenues once you you know pay rent and lights and modest costs. salaries yeah. and all that stuff so right now we're fundraising for a project in the philippines it's particularly close to my heart because i've been involved with them god 25 years mm. and uh what they do is they have an amazing sponsorship slash scholarship program in the northern philippines so the kids, they're all coming from a needy background. They go, they support their families on this money, and they all become something amazing to change their communities. And they want to partner with kids that are being abused at home, essentially an organization that's dealing with that, to build dormitories, provide counseling, rehabilitate these kids so they're at the point where they can join the rest of the students and, and really have a different life. So that's what we're doing right now. We've also worked with the Sparkle Foundation, buying what is farmland. The Sparkle Foundation? Yeah, so it's another nonprofit that's here under IHC. And they run, uh, yeah, they run two schools. Under IIT? Yeah, International <clears throat> Humanitarian City. They just registered locally. Oh, lovely. We worked with them through Gulf for Good. So with Gulf for Good, we funded um, purchasing a farmland there. So they found of their 300 plus students, so many of them were coming to school so hungry that they couldn't effectively learn. They started to giving a meal program with COVID, everything, food prices shot right up. So their sustainable solution, which I love, is farmland Brilliant. to feed the kids and sell lovely. the extra produce at market raise um you know returns every single month and and boost their programs so it's things like that we're working with 
Superb. There's a lot of exciting things coming this year. Each project is about three or four months and then we move on to the next one. Yeah. And what, yeah. what I love about this is, you know, it's um, <clears throat> clearly as a business you're designed to give. And I think, you know, yeah. one, you're tackling a problem within the context of fashion as an industry, promoting better uh, behaviors in terms of reuse, recycle, closing the loop where possible. But actually, your business model is a complete design to change lives of people. So I think this is where the role of a company today, I believe, <clears throat> and excuse me, is very, very different, you know, um, historically. And we touched upon this in previous podcasts with Esther and Hunkel, who are obviously talking about B Corp and the values there becoming more stakeholder driven and being less involved for your or, you know, trying to change that whole business purpose being s- to serve a shareholder exclusively. Mm-hmm. Whereas what I think about your business is clearly a business for good. That is obviously one impacting lives creating social and environmental change i mean kudos yeah. to you for that and i think we need more of these businesses out there and i'm sat here today obviously as a as a founder of a business that our mission of, is obviously to donate five percent of our revenue each year to go for good but now i'm Fantastic. sat here going five percent it doesn't feel like enough um but uh, you know <laughs> but what is very very good about you know go for good as a charity i think you know one the the causes that they support yeah uh, and for me they align very closely with things you know like unscg4 on quality education and uh, there's a lot of focus on gender equality unscg9 so i think yeah that the work that they do is hugely valuable and you know i you know this this is more of a platform to obviously provide for, for founders like yourself or great companies but yeah. to create awareness of you know some of the real good that people are doing out there with the likes of Golf for Good. And hopefully we can get more awareness and people behind their movement. Absolutely. I think it might benefit the listeners to take a step back and say Golf for Good, organize um, life-changing uh, opportunities. Sorry, empowering life-changing uh, yeah. opportunities where you'll do something amazing like climb Kilimanjaro, the highest mountain in Africa, and raise money. And you'll go, you climb the mountain, you visit the kids. So there's a really deep connection with the charity projects. Yeah. There's also opportunities this year to volunteer in those charity projects. And it's a very accessible organization, helping kids at the heart, but also do I have to changing climb people's the, lives. Do I have to yeah. climb the... You don't have to climb okay. the mountain, All right, but I highly recommend it. It's yeah, fun. I'm not sure if they'll let you uh, <laughs> scale Kilimanjaro in a pair of Crocs. <laughs> Hey, listen, this is this is the first... This is why we're not doing video podcasts yeah, yet. Yeah, this is I, this is the first piece of clothing I've bought in over oh, two years. They're nice ones. Though. Yeah, they're quite cool. Yeah. Army, the neon army print. Yeah I, yeah, I like standing <laughs> I like standing out. But no, but this is um, going back to your charity thing. I think um, that's amazing. It's just, just the thought process of... Uh, it's not easy setting up something and then making sure whatever you earn, 50%, I said 50% yeah, of, of your revenue yeah. is goes to... Cases like that. That's yeah. amazing. I think that's and a you, very brave thing. And your rent, yeah. obviously, in Dubai, where cost of living, like anywhere globally, cost of living is going up. Yeah. Property, commercial, <laughs> residential is going through the roof. Are you, are you are you sort of liable for the same cost that any other retailer yeah. will? Yeah. So it seems distinctly unfair. It's a very new concept. Yeah. And landlords are not aware of sponsoring thrift stores. Things. Yeah. So we do pay commercial rent. But I'm hoping as we grow that that will become different. We'll yeah, find sponsors. Definitely. That's yeah. something we need to create awareness on because it seems doesn't seem fair that, you know, businesses there to serve a social purpose and promote good are hit with the same sort of taxes and, and yeah. business overheads that are, you know, not say that all businesses are bad, but, you know, it should be a bit more of a level playing field. Yeah. I mean, I feel incredibly lucky to do what we're doing. And I think um, there's a lot of opportunity in it too with it being so new. Yeah. And I think as time goes, hopefully, hopefully more support will come forward. And we are lucky to have so many amazing in-kind sponsors. And yeah. our landlords can't help on the rent right now, but they help us with marketing. They help us with free storage with, you know, so many other things too. So 
we take what we can get for now and we're hoping so for you more. touched you touched a storage point i think i'm a, oh. like i'm guessing that that's a massive <laughs> roadblock to, yeah because uh, because i can imagine i know i know i've got clothes in my i i obviously get into fights with my significant other because i've got t-shirts there that are clearly not fit for uh for you know for wearing yeah. them outside but i just keep them because yeah. uh, I don't know what to do with it, right? and I'm like, I'm not gonna. Get, yeah, but you know, it's torn from a couple of sides and all. This, and it's I'm okay. and I feel bad for giving that. I to, bet you would make really pretty carpet. Like, don't worry about <laughs> it. That's why we exist. There, there, there you go. But that's. But I'm assuming there's a massive storage problem because generally, yeah. what happens with consumers, this is what from a personal point of view as well, is they'll collect it for a while, and then once it gets to a certain stage of of cl- of clutter, and they're like, oh, we need to get rid of everything, mm. and then out all of it goes, right? Yeah. And then obviously I'm assuming you would have to then go through, be like, this is good, this this we can actually repurpose, or what's the word, upcycle it to mm-hmm. make yeah. sure that someone else uses it. But storage must be a massive issue. I, yeah, have you seen our back room at the Palm? I did, I did, and I was the, yeah. pleasantly surprised at, uh, at how much you store there. Yeah, so we have a great problem right now. We have outgrown ourselves. Like storage is a huge problem. Thankfully last year we didn't have enough donations this year. We're like, okay, where do we start putting things? Um, So I think our next branch is going to have a much bigger storage facility. uh, Visa sponsored us for that next branch. Amazing. So I think our life is going to get a lot better in a few months, but yeah, it's, it's a good problem. And I think it just means that we got to keep growing. Why do you think you've got more, uh, you know, why the sudden uptake on people giving you clothes now? Like, why? Yeah. What do you think the reason is? Is uh, it because people are waking up? Uh, people want to know more about what's happening with their thing? I mean, because I, I know Ben touched points on influencer culture, which yeah. is, which is, you know, you look at someone, you look at someone online, wear something and they put it mm. on their thing and then you obviously go buy it. it you just buy things that you don't want. Yeah. Um, it's How much a, of that has changed in your yeah. since you started versus what three or four years now that you've been doing it? Yeah. How much of that has changed for you? I think it's people just know we uh, more people know we exist now. We're still a bit of a hidden gem, but marketing is getting out there. We've got great collaborations with in, influencers who care about the environment and promoting the right messages. And I think we're really the only ones in Dubai that are doing, you know, what we do. So once people learn about us, it's 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 a cool place to be. It's a cool place to shop. It's a cool place to give clothes. And mm-hmm. so I think it's growing and there's excitement about that. Yeah, it does present challenges. If you saw our back room right now, you'd understand. Yeah. <laughs> but opportunity as well. Brilliant. Because I'm, I'm hoping that off the back of this, you know, there'll be probably people turn up to the stores with uh, yeah. bag loads of clothes that have been sat there. For, I mean, we've just gone through a house move, so we know exactly like all of the, the sorting process and you find all this. I'm sure there'll be other people now in that process. Um, yeah. Do we have to physically come to a thrift for good or can you arrange for a courier service or? I highly recommend it because it's a fun place to be, as I said. So come visit us, pop in any day, anytime, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m., seven days a week to drop off your stuff. But we do have a free collection service as well. And we have amazing, beautiful volunteers who are running around Dubai picking up people's bags. Yeah. And you will have me one day a week in the van going around picking up people's things. Amazing. So we do offer that as well. But it helps us if you're willing to come visit. I... I actually love it. I think, I know I've said this to you before when we met the first time, I thought it was really cool. Just the concept of, um, you know, using something that's already been, because I know, because I started like this, right? So this was ages ago, when I was about 10 or 11. I remember we had this fair in school. They're like, oh, come sell whatever you can. Um, 
My, and my mum's like, I'm not going to buy you anything new because it's just silly. I'm not going to buy you. This is this is 20 years Wise ago. Woman. Yeah, because <laughs> you know when you get those small pencils and, and these funny pens for kids. So I was trying to sell those. Obviously, I didn't have enough. So what I did was I just kind of ransacked my entire house. I was like, yeah, let me just pick up wherever I can. I got clothes. Obviously, my mum, she's like, just take this, throw it away, let people buy it off you. She wanted to get rid of stuff as well. Yeah. I just took a lot of stuff from home. Uh, and, and and people started buying this, and I think we made a profit of like two hundred dirhams, which is at that point amazing for a ten year old. Of course, yeah. I think that's when it kind of stuck with me, right? Which is people actually don't mind paying for something like this. It's just, you know, there's a massive just a gap in what you believe, what you see on social media, and then the reality part of it. And I think that's where you guys are bridging that gap, and I think that's that's amazing. We're trying. There's a lot more to do, but we're trying. Definitely, it's awareness, yeah. and especially in this part of the world where. You know, Dubai has a, or the UAE has this perception and rightly or wrongly, you know, it's five star. Everyone has a mass amount of wealth. But actually the reality is Instagram versus reality. You know, there's the underbelly of the working hard population. There are a lot of people underserved still living yeah. and working in this part of the world that will benefit from good quality products that have been rescued, diversity from landfill for a fraction of the price. So this is where, you know, I think Western world has this perception of the UAE as, you know, everyone has an, an excess amount of wealth. It's not true. Yeah. So it's great to see, you know, you can create this cool concept and vibe with Thrift for Good and make it accessible for everyone. And empowering. For like, sure. Yeah, definitely. But it's not just for those that are in need. It's anyone looking for a better option, sustainability yeah. or giving back or just unique, fun fashion you won't find in firsthand stores. So, yeah. Totally. So, so just... Um, because I come from the waste perspective. I, I think that's where my yeah. um, interest kind of obviously goes to. But we know clothes, you said it was the third third most in Police. terms of carbon emissions, right, yeah. industry. Yeah. Um, that's a big thing, right? So how do you, like, what do you think, what do you reckon? I, I know we talk about social media, so I don't want to talk about that. That's a massive issue anyway. Yeah. But in your, like, from your experience, how do we kind of bridge that gap? How do we get people to shift from a, buying and throwing mentality to a you know what i've enough and let's use the thrift store and use what we have yeah. for clothes just just from a clothes just for perspective clothes. um so uh, the first thing is i think access like i really hope we can be in every community in in dubai and beyond one day so people have something more interesting because human nature we want to do the right thing but if it's inconvenient a lot of people just aren't going to even if they know so if we can make it the best choice i think that will help masses change and actually make a really impactful difference. And the second part is people just need to know when you buy Shein, sorry, I'm going to name. That was just me being uh, pedantic there. That's, don't worry about no. it. Yeah, yeah. But I think once people know, like the report that came out on them uh, mm -hmm. a couple months ago, that their people work 18 hour days for less than 10 dirhams per day in horrible conditions and the well, chemicals and the plastics in the water. Uh, and yeah. like if people knew they would they would think twice before ordering the cheap thing that yeah. is on the back of the environment and you know people being abused like nobody wants that in their life in their wardrobe on their backs so people need to know uh, just just from a from a mall perspective i know i know malls have become obsolete over the last couple of years i mean yeah. they haven't but they've reduced in terms of people buying stuff from malls right how much of it do you think is is also part of the how do i phrase this right the 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 clothes waste problem that you have. Mm -hmm. I know when I was a kid, I used to walk by those mannequins and I'd, I'd look at them and go, oh man, I can't wait to earn money because then I'm just going to buy all of this and I'm going to look cool in all of this. And then older I've gotten, I'm like, yeah, do I really need this? Yeah. Uh, but how much of that also, because I know you've got one in the mall, right? Uh, yeah. Which kind of 
negates the conversation, right? So when you go to a thrift store, you come out of a thrift store and then right out there, there's an H&M store that you would see these mannequins. I, I think that's a massive issue when it comes to messaging from the mall itself. Like on one hand, yeah, sure, let's do this. But on the other hand, is that a problem that you... It's a really good point. And I think we could have a very interesting philosophical question, question in terms of um, should we change consumerism? Should we live with less? Mm. Or do we make it so, okay, people can shop, but just make it circular, make it sustainable. So, yeah, I don't know if we want to go there, but yeah. No, you can. Don't worry. Yeah. You can. That's, that's, <laughs> it, yeah. It, it's, I do have moments like this where I uh, <laughs> put the... Create chaos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's interesting because it. yeah. obviously what, um, again, going back to your business model, which I think is fascinating, is yes, you take you stock, but also there's a there's a mindfulness approach there in terms of let's try and repair, let's try and reuse. And if we can't, yeah. then it goes to be repurposed. And again, we keep you know naming and shaming brands, but there's a, a two-letter global fashion brand out there who actually we appeared in the news this week where they have these recycling bins in their shops and they think, okay, mass market fashion brand, they're now um, enabling you to donate your goods and it get repurposed. But what a couple of undercover uh, sneaky people did is they actually put um, GPS trackers on those clothing mm. to track where it ended up and they, they accounted that a minimum of or less than 30% of the product that was being donated was actually ending up in a recycling factory and actually was being sent to other parts of the world to then be burnt and destroyed. So this is where... Mm better regulation, awareness needs to be accounted for. And thank God for, you know, for people who are actually having the time to sort of really dig deep into a lot of this greenwashing that a lot of brands are doing out there because this is where it's difficult because people on a mass consumer level will see, oh, such a body's doing a great move. They're a fast fashion business, um, but they seem to be taking a more responsible approach. But actually, you know, it's, it's almost greenwashing and actually it's not being, it's not serving the purpose and it's actually labeling it is doing. So again, all keen to sort of, you know, raise awareness for obviously the work that you're doing. Absolutely. Space. I think it's a push in the right direction because at least 30% is getting recycled. True. And they're moving forward for sustainability, but yeah, it's not good enough. Mm. And I agree with you. I think it's it's been a really interesting personal journey to see how much stuff we generate, how much stuff is without a home in Dubai. It's insane. Yeah. So I think it goes hand in hand with anything you own, you're responsible for it, you take care of it. How much do you really need to be happy? And when you answer that question, it's, it's not a lot, you know? So, yeah. Sure, lovely. Yeah, yeah. It, I, I do have, uh, again, waste-oriented questions. Okay. <laughs> just, just, just out of, um, from, a, from a journey perspective, right? Obviously, just as an impact, let's talk about impact. So when you yeah. build, when you make something from scratch, obviously, I know you guys mentioned this earlier, the, the water consumption that you have, the obviously moving it from country to another country, the dyes. Um, there are other couple of things that you mentioned, right? So mm -hmm. specifically as an impact, uh, just for their listeners, I know, obviously I know what the, what the difference is, but just for listeners, how much of it, how much of the impact are you actually saving by making sure that it goes through a, a thrift store? Because recycling as yeah. a last process, I work in this industry and I say this, it, it has to be your last, last option. It cannot be your first one. It cannot be your that. second one. It has to be your last one, right? After you've tried everything, that's when you go for recycling yeah. because you can't do anything with it, right? So how much of an impact difference do you, would you say there is from starting from scratch? Obviously, there's a lot, but how much, if you could just put it in a... Yeah, it's a good question. I'll do my best. So if you buy a pair of jeans from us, a secondhand pair of jeans or from any thrift store, you're obviously saving all the resources that would go into producing a new pair of jeans, right? So 10,000 liters of water to grow the cotton. 
So just again, yeah. interrupting you for a quick second. 10,000 yeah. 10, meters of water equal to... That's a couple uh, of swimming pools. At oh, least. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just, for reference, yeah. just for reference, a couple of swimming pools, right? All right, okay. Yeah. Just to make one pair. To make one pair. Of t-shirts. And I couldn't, I couldn't quantify it, but I mean, you can imagine the dyes that are in it, the different chemicals. And I mean, how much dye do you need to use to stick it to the clothing versus how much is runoff? Mm. If you think about that. Also, a lot of, especially cheaper fabrics are made out of plastic. And there's a huge microfiber plastic problem in our oceans. A lot of that comes from clothing right now. Mm-hmm. 70% of breast milk is said to contain plastic. Oh whoa, my gosh. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. back. Sorry, what? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Terrifying, right? Like we're so much plastic is in our food chain now mm. and getting into our systems, into our bodies. And that comes from clothes? Not solely. Obviously, obviously. Yeah. But a chunk of it. A chunk of it's from clothing, from mostly in production. So that's also what you're saving when you buy thrifted. But also the way we wash it, a lot of it comes out when, in the washing machine. Yep. So there's a couple things you can buy to add with your cycle that catches it, which I highly recommend. Um, but it's mostly in production. So, yeah. Frightening. Yeah, because it's the microfibers that are released from, you know, from washing. And there are those products, as you say, that you can put in your washing machines that will capture that. And then you obviously can sort of stop the, the stem of flow. Of, you want to hear the height of irony. Right? So I've got one of these plastic balls. Nice. No, you put in the guppy ball. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what it's called. Right? So you put it, you throw it in the machine. I'm just saying it's height of irony. We use, I'm using plastic to actually capture yeah. Yeah. the plastic bit. But but I didn't actually know clothes played a massive part in in the in the microplastic uh, conversation. Yeah. It'd be totally. interesting to see. I don't know the proportion of it. That'd be really interesting to look up. But I do know it is it's significant. Massive. Yeah. Wow, ten, what, 10,000 years for a pair of jeans? 10,000 liters of water to yeah. grow the cotton to produce one pair of jeans, yeah. Frightening. But there are, this is where it becomes a conscious choice by the manufacturer or the brand or whoever, because there, this is where I've got, you know, could we always say, you know, what's our cause for hope? You know, it's not all doom and gloom. People still want to buy fashion and, you know, be it secondary or first. Um, but there are some great businesses out there. I think there's a company called Matera who are basically mm. a, hydroponic um, farm producing organic cotton. Again, just for people, what's a hydroponic? Oh, you put me on the spot now. Uh, Basically, (laughs) you might see these indoor vertical farms or machines where it's purely, it's like on a, it doesn't require any uh, soil, I don't believe. It's just purely water where they're growing almost in like lab cotton, um, which um, is better in terms, as we talk about, in terms of like water consumption. So yeah, this is where, you know, there's innovations taking place in the industry within fashion in terms of that material science and, so forth. So there is cause for, for hope, but if something's been produced not in the best possible way, then it's great that there is a secondary solution to secondary goods reuse. Um, yeah. So yeah. Uh, just again, that's, uh, I know you guys are the fashion experts just because Ben's got the good looks. Um, <laughs> Debatable. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, uh, but just if, if you were, if you had to talk to consumers or if anyone listening and you know, what would you recommend two or three questions that you could ask when you're going to go buy something new. Right? So yeah. for example, if I go into a store, what kind of questions do you think I could ask to make sure maybe I don't need to buy this just, just from a consumer awareness point of view? That's a great question. And that's three for three. Yeah. That's, three that's three for three. Your work here is done. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think the first thing is a question for yourself. Of, do you really need this item? As one, because even if you're buying sustainable, even if you're buying like it's still something that's produced that if it's going to sit in your cupboard, it's a waste. And, you know, if you don't need it, don't buy it. Yeah. Or if you're going to wear it just more than if you're going to wear, wear it once. once. Yeah, yeah. Like 
go for secondhand or just, you know, like be a little bit smart about your possessions. We, we don't need to have everything we want. And it's actually healthy not to. And I think the second thing is around the price point. I mean, just understanding that if something is ridiculously cheap, there's a reason for it. Yeah. You know, so if, okay, I'm not going to name names, but if you walk into a store and the shirt is tender hums, yeah, there's a reason for it. You might not be paying for it, but somebody else is. Somebody down the line. else is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. And one more. Um, okay, so those weren't really questions. <laughs> oh, no, but that's a, that's a good question. I mean, those are good, po- good pointers to, to have. About. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good pointer to have. Be like tenderems. I know yeah. this person, whoever made this in India or Pakistan or wherever it is, did not get paid. Yeah, and how has it got here as well for yeah, tenderems? If it's tenderems. Yeah. I know, um, so again, I'm going to give you a personal example. My significant other works as a consultant in the fashion industry. Oh, cool. Um, so obviously she gets, she, she speaks to a lot, of, a lot of these of these people. Um, and some of the clients obviously have come back and she works with factories in India that produce all of this. So, so she's come back and said, you know, we reduce our costs throughout the chain because we want to make sure we sell it at a profit. Yeah. Uh, and the guys who suffer are the ones that come down to the thing, right? So I think, those are three lovely questions. So you said price yeah. point. And, and the third one. Yes. Oh, be, lovely. I was looking for is asking like, okay, so you have to buy, you need this item. Yeah. You think the price point's okay. How do you know it's actually sustainable, ethical? There's an app that I use called Good On You and it actually rates different clothing brands in Brilliant. terms of their sustainability. So good On You. Good you On as You. Uh, as in you, Y-O-U. Okay. Good, good On, on you. you. So um, I recommend checking that out. I mean, I'm... I will always shop secondhand, always, always, always. But if you want to buy something firsthand, just check it out. Are they mm-hmm. using child labor? I, mean, they I guess you get to cherry pick the best items that come into store as well. It's very dangerous. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. You can be your, uh, your own best shopper, I guess. Um, brilliant. Yeah. It's a benefit of volunteering at Thrift for Good, for sure. <laughs> exactly. So, so, so I get first dibs on, on the clothes that come in? Well, you, you're the first one to open the bag, so, so you'll oh, see uh, it. Yeah. I mean, you still buy it. We but, can create a bit yeah. of uh, movement here, like a VIP customer. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah come, see, exp- come see the, f- come, come get the first dibs and the clothes that come in so that you can choose. So then you're literally, because I know people love the, love a VIP service, right? So they love being. But you have to remember that's hand in hand with going through people's dirty socks and stuff too. But yes, it is a nice <laughs> benefit. Well, I mean, they don't need to know that bit, right? Once right. it gets out I didn't out say that. The, come volunteer, yeah. come volunteer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't that's need it. to know that bit. And I guess, are you always looking for extra volunteers? Because there are some oh, good yes. people out there who are, particularly for, there's a lot of women who I know who have taken time out from their careers to, you know, serve a very good purpose in terms of, you know, bringing children up or it could be other reasons, you know, looking after elderly parents or, you know, left yeah. the workplace. So I guess, is there always room for people like that who want to sort of start thinking about coming back into the workplace and albeit on a voluntary level? Yeah. You're looking for Abs- any hands? Absolutely. Any hands. Uh, like I said, we're buried alive in clothing right now and we need help. A lot of people are traveling during the summer. We're volunteer run as much as we possibly can be. Yeah. We donate 100% of our profit. So every single volunteer that's in that space, that's not just money saved, but we see the impact in sales by being able to get through more, by selling more instantly. And it's a great community. People don't do it unless they've got a good heart. So whether you're looking to make friends or use your time meaningfully, learn new skills, or just feel good about doing something awesome. Just part of being part of a community as well. Yeah. Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. There you go. So that's Jen Soul's uh, 
Amazing story. Amazing story on on huh. how she started. Yeah, no, thank you for good. sharing that with us. And hopefully, you know, that you'll keep receiving bagfuls. The stock room is going to keep getting busier. Absolutely. You're going to need more and more volunteers. But, you know, really, it's great to see a, a company like yours here in the region. Before sustainability really came a bit of a, um, a cool subject, should we say, the year of sustainability. We've got COP later this year. So it's good to see like a homegrown business like yours serving a real high social purpose. So keep up the great work. Um, and hopefully, um, well, how can people find you? So obviously we've got the two stores you mentioned. Yep. Um, thrift for Good. So Instagram, Facebook, yeah. TikTok, uh, .org, thriftforgood.org. Yeah. Uh, yeah, whatever. And the last call to action? Um, I guess just be mindful about your things. Switch to thrift when you can. Come say hi. <laughs> Love it. There you go. Find Jen in, uh, in Thrift for Good in uh, what was the two places it's Times Square Center Center and and Golden Mile Galleria there you go both on Google Maps great locations easy accessible brilliant thank you so much Jan and good luck with everything thank you for listening to the Rethinking Sustainability podcast drop a follow to never miss an episode for more information on ourselves there's a link in the show notes see you next time 